hey, 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 and welcome to the third bonus episode of Self-Published. I'm Aziza Kabibi, and I'm an author, an activist for the protections of women and children, and a media personality. I'm also a chef, a mom, and a survivor. This bonus episode is a continuation from the interview with my friend Damon Did It. I cannot stress enough the benefit of reviewing your personal experiences with the help of someone you trust in preparation for writing your book. As I mentioned before, my books, Unashamed, A Life Tainted, Volumes 1 and 2, took four years to complete the compilation of over 30 years of memories and experiences to create a literary work that would communicate a specific message in hopes that it would enlighten, encourage, educate, and inspire. This part of the conversation between Dame and I candidly explores and describes in explicit detail Topics that may be triggering to some, but titillating to others. Please listen with an open mind. We are spiritual beings having a human experience, and I'd like you to consider how listening in on this private conversation that was not intended to be published makes you feel. What thoughts does it inspire? Maybe judgments? Criticisms? compassion hmm that's a thought does it inspire compassion as content creators we should take our audience into consideration even more so now having to keep youtube and instagram algorithms in mind i would be honored if you would share your experience listening to this conversation if you are bold enough do include your thoughts and feelings in a review on apple podcasts or spotify And if you would prefer some privacy, then please email me your input to aziza at azizakabibi.com. Okay, okay, okay. Now let's get into it. Thank you again for allowing me to caress your eardrums and penetrate your mind. And now let me reintroduce my friend, Damon Did It, as he interviews me, Aziza Kabibi, back in 2012 in preparation for writing my memoir. But for the little girl? Well, okay. See, that's why I would say by this time, he had already done any and everything with my mom he had already done every and everything any and everything with other women mm-hmm. um he had orgies and threesomes and, right. and he did everything what's the next step if you feel limitless and you've done everything and you love sex and you've explored everything what would be next to explore there's animals there's, I mean, there's rape. I mean, you can rape somebody. Mm-hmm. I mean, men get off on just the power of rape and not necessarily the sexual gratification. Um, but it could have been an ultimate control because at the same time, the women that he was with, they were still submissive. But for to him, a certain degree. for him to go for, for him to just say, okay, well, look, you know what? I need to push my boundaries and go further with this now. The women I'm burnt out with them. I'm tired of that. I don't want to do that no more. I'm, I'm bored with that. Let me start doing little girls now. 
Right, I mean, for So, hold on, on. Okay, mm-hmm. I can see that progression, right? But then now, like you said, it started off that way, but then he started to find a way to justify it to where it made sense. Okay, you know what? Let me keep inbreed and try to keep all everything in one family and one bloodline and keep it pure and all that stuff, right? Didn't you say that? That was years down the line. Okay, there. but even still, it changed. His his purpose changed. Right. So that we're not talking about something that's an addiction or there's something else going on. Because, I mean, he started off as a young man. Maybe it started as something that was purely physical. Mm-hmm. But then as he went on, and he's... My dad was very very spiritual person mm-hmm. um he explored all kinds of spirituality Taoism, um Camus, yoruba christianity judaism and so growing up we went through all of that stuff mm-hmm. with him mm-hmm. well that that explains a lot of stuff there i mean obviously when you go that deep into you know spiritualities and different religions and cults. You know what I'm saying? Obviously you, you start to you start to your mind takes you places. You start feeling like you can do certain things. You start You start feeling limitless. I, I that's why I said Well, I don't know about limitless. Well I would say you know, you start buying into different prophecies, different oracles, different, you know, when you start dealing with that, you know, or, then you're not, you're not here. You're not, de- you're not dealing with this society, all right, when you start dealing with that, because that's something else. We can't see the spiritual world. Some <laughs> Huh? This is not everybody can, but some people can. But I don't know what they can see because I right. can't. I can't experience that. Right, right. So I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But as far as I know, we can't see the spiritual world. We might be able to feel it. Right. Can't see it. But all of those, all of the religions that I just told you he was involved in wasn't necessarily cults. Um, I mean, some can be. Some was very respected. African religions it had nothing to do with you know pedophilia the only closest thing was you know maybe they felt that when a girl started her menses then it was time for her to start reproducing and they got married early and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. even then they were still westernized you know he still dealt with people that was here in America um, and he never, he never expressed to anybody that he was, had sexual relationships with his offspring, okay. with his daughters. Um, it was a progression. I feel like we kind of jumped all over the place. Don't worry. That's, that's all right. So. I'm going to start going, you know, we, we're going to jump around. We have to because, um. I want to hit the certain key moments and key points, and then within that, then we're we're talking about like the mindsets and some 
psychology and stuff like that. Um, so we, we can't go from like, and then psychology, you're going to do your book, right? You're not going to, you're not going to go from A to Z. You're going to kind of bounce around a little bit. Mm -hmm. So this is important. Like, um, the first time is very important. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So we got that out the way in the eight year old. Now, what was like the next encounter after that? Um... After the first time, it was a while, I would say. I mean, what I felt was a while. Mm -hmm. um, but you can't really remember. No, not exactly. Okay. Um, there was... Okay. After that first time, I was eight. Then, just before I turned nine, it was like every night. He was getting me up out of the bed. Um, I would wake up to him between my legs. Mm -hmm. Giving you all. Yeah. Um, I was acting sleep a lot. Um, because I just didn't want to participate. Right. Um, I just remember like there was a period like every night. I don't know, maybe for a month. It was through the summertime. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I definitely but, remember But there was no intercourse there. It was just no. oral. No, it was just oral. Okay. Um, and it was only him on me. Okay. Then when for my ninth birthday we had went to Alabama to my grandmother's farm. Mm. And I remember thinking like I was glad we was going because since we was going to be there, then he couldn't get me up at night. Mm -hmm. That wasn't the case. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then it was, we, we rented a motorhome. Some people stayed in the motorhome overnight. Some people stayed in the house. And then what he would do is that he would call me into the motorhome during the day. Mm -hmm. And he would, you know, go down on me. And then I started wondering, was this was it common in the family because then i had a cousin in um on my on my grandmother's on my mom's side and i would roundabout kind of ask her not ask her directly because i knew i couldn't say anything and i would get in trouble probably if i did but i would just ask her about her relationships with her father and you know, stuff like that. And I guess I started seeing that, okay, maybe this isn't happening or is everybody keeping it a secret? Mm -hmm. So then when we went to Alabama, my cousin, his older cousin, he had to be in his 20s, maybe close. He was younger than my dad. Um, He had asked me to sit on his lap one time. Mm hmm and I just started developing breasts, mm -hmm. and he started grabbing them and rubbing them. So then I started wondering, okay, well, maybe this is normal, or is this what the family does? Or I mean, he didn't go any further than that. Um, and then my mom called me or something. and mm -hmm. But okay. uh, even after we came back, then it was more, more often. Okay. More often. Your mother still never knew nothing. No, she didn't know what was mm -hmm. going on at this point. Okay. Now let's go to, but at this point, you seem like you feel 
you you were I mean obviously you're kind of traumatized by what's going on because it's confusion. You do he's doing something that you don't want to participate in. Right. You're trying. You go out your way to like. Oh, I hope I don't go here. I hope my mother or nobody don't leave the house. Where he, you know. Right. That's trauma. Because and that, and then I was I felt like it was ruling my life like <laughs> I really can't remember anything else. Uh-huh. I mean I remember everyday stuff, but I don't remember like a lot of anything else that was going on between that time. You see what I'm saying? Well, the only thing that was going on was he just kept doing giving you all eating your stuff. Right, right. So okay, that's that's cool. But the <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> well, <laughs> the main thing what I'm saying is is that. We get it. As the reader, we get that for days and nights, for weeks, and maybe a few months, you were traumatized by this because you wanted to ask if this is normal, but you couldn't ask. Mm-hmm. Um, you were trying to find roundabout ways of asking, getting information, but you couldn't do that. Um, you were hoping and praying that you know you wouldn't be left alone, so he wouldn't keep doing it. You know, you had to pretend that you were asleep mm-hmm. when he was doing it because just so he can go away or anything. Like, you're being deprived of a lot. Mm-hmm. So, that's a sense, that's his form of trauma. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, that is a, it has affected you then. Mm-hmm. And in some way, I can't see the L effects of it now. You know what I'm saying? But I know it's something deep rooted in you that. You know, like if I if I go to touch you a certain way, you know, you might, yeah, I, I would I would I would easily say that. But let's jump to, okay, the first time there was intercourse. Um. Okay, so we came back from Alabama, and I would say I remember it being cold. And he came and was going down on me. Mm-hmm. I was acting sleep. How old are you again at this point? I'm nine now. Okay. And um, I felt his fingers. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to put his finger inside me. Mm-hmm. So it hurt initially. Mm-hmm. So I jumped. Right. And I wasn't fake sleeping anymore. Uh, and he was like, did that hurt? And I was like, well, yeah. And um, he says, okay. He's like, okay, well, I'll go slower. Mm-hmm. So he fit his finger in. Mm-hmm. And he asked me, how does it feel? And did I like it? I told him, no, I didn't like it. And then he was saying, well, I have to relax. So now he's, I guess he was teaching me how to accept it. Okay. Um, so now that was included in the regimen, I guess. Um, so every time now on, he gives you some head and then he's going to put his finger in you. Right. It's just slowly working into it. Right. Okay. Um, then one night he came in and he woke me up. So now my sleep, fake sleep isn't working. So now he would just wake me up. And as he... I, I remember thinking that he was getting meaner or more stern. Like, it wasn't, you know, he wasn't checking to see was I okay with it anymore. And one night he came in 
and he started putting it inside of me and it woke up and I woke up mm. and it wasn't his finger. It was a banana and he had peeled the banana. It was a green banana and he peeled the banana and he was saying um, that he needed to stretch me and make me bigger. Mm-hmm. So he actually had it filled. Did it hurt? And I was like, well, no, not really. By this time, I was just being agreeable because also the day life is affecting me. Mm-hmm. I'm, my relationship with him isn't just sexual, mm-hmm. isn't just a sexual aspect. Mm-hmm. During the day, I'm the oldest. I'm responsible for my siblings. Mm-hmm. We have to do our schoolwork and our homework. I'm still getting punishment if I do something wrong. Mm-hmm. Um and then at the same time, I started getting confused because I started to feel like, well, if he's doing these things with me at night, shouldn't I get special treatment during the day? Right. Hmm. And I wasn't. Wow. <laughs> if anything, I started to feel like he was meaner during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Maybe I acted like that, that I should get special treatment because then that's when me and my sister... We started kind of button heads. And even though we was little kids, but she started like not listening to me. And um, yeah, I mean, our, our life in general was, it was, it was just different. Um, there was a, a, a gap, like a pause between mm. nine and 10 because then he started that's kind of when, well, he was already involved with Akua, but he was getting really intense with Akua's friend. And they would come over and I would be, I would just hear them like having sex in, in my parents' room. Like they were just doing, I don't know, it was where, him and where, three other women. Where was your mother at this point? She was with them. Okay. She was doing it with them. Okay. So, you know, so there was a break. But I guess when he got back to me, I think that's when he then intended, you know, it was his intentions to turn that break. How did, how was you feeling? Was you relieved? Oh my gosh, I was so glad I could get some sleep. I mm-hmm. could sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, was you scared at all that maybe he would come back and do it again? I, I, I think I assumed that he wasn't going to because mm-hmm. I just completely relaxed. I just assumed that it was over. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever I needed to be taught, I was taught, and mm-hmm. that was it. So then, when the next time he came and the banana thing started, and yeah. Then at that point, it was just going regular. Yeah, it was pretty regular. And um, how often would you say it was regular? How frequent was that? There was times it was every night. Um, then every night for what period of time? For like what? I would a, say a week, a month. Yeah, no, I would say probably like a week. Mm-hmm. And then Karen would come and stay over. Mm-hmm. So then there was nothing. And then what Okua, was your mother at? Then? She was she was there. What do you mean where she was at? Like what? See, you know what it is. I'm I'm think they were never married, right? Huh? They were never married, right? Yeah, they were married when she was... I was six months old. They was 18. Okay, so... His wife was okay with him having 
orgy. she didn't know yet. Wait, oh, I'm sorry. Say, finish she your question. She was here with the orgies and the other yes. girls. And stuff. She was. Okay. Um, have you ever spoken to your mother about that? Like, why was she okay with that? She she was conditioned to a certain degree. Okay. He started. He was always, for lack of a better term, promiscuous. Okay. While they was dating, she says that they, you know, there was rumors that he was seeing somebody, you know, other women. Uh-huh. Um, what did after they, mean? they got married, they met in school. Where? Uh, East Side High in Patterson. Okay. Um, after they got married, there was rumors that he was having sex with her cousin and her best friend's sister. And Hey you, just a quick reminder, if you want to learn more about anything I share here, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Everything is Aziza Kabibi, and for even more resources on abuse prevention and recovery for yourself or someone you know, go to PreciousLittleLadies.org where we strengthen the bond between mothers and daughters to combat child molestation, incestuous abuse, domestic violence, and sexual assault. And our motto remains, it's okay to tell. Ooh, that got intense. I'm sure you need to inhale and exhale to release whatever energy that came along with listening to those explicit details. If you want to learn more about Damon's work, please go to his YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Damon did it and definitely follow him on his Instagram. His cinematic projects are breathtaking and entertaining. Links are in the show notes as usual. Thanks again for listening. I'm Aziza Kabibi and until next time, be blessed for you are such a blessing. <laughs>